Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So this is our final lesson. We titled it Deeper Freedom. We're going to talk about deeper freedom. We have a little phrase that goes with us, rent, with this rent-free to set-free. And you're going to understand rent-free to set-free by the time we finish. But we want to talk about deeper freedom. And of course, deeper freedom can only come from one place, guys. It has to happen up here. And then the freedom begins to happen out here. And so we're going to talk about this thing called thoughts. And it reminded me of our grandkids. We, we have older grandkids. And then, you know, we have grandkids, uh, quite a few that are three and under. And uh, they usually come over and hang out on Friday nights. And then they switch who's going to sleep over. And uh, so Gina makes sure that I don't allow them to watch anything on TV, uh, their videos, you know, until they've used their mind and they're creative. Uh, but they always come up to me, Poppy, can you turn the TV on? And, uh, and I like it because they cuddle. They sit on my lap with me, you know, so I love that, that time. But we wait, and then the night comes, and I look at Gina, I say, is it okay? And they're looking at me. So then we, we put it on. The first video they always want is Baby Shark. And how many of you know Baby Shark, right? Grandparents and parents for sure, right? And that age group, for some reason, they're obsessed with Baby Shark. And um, if, if you're not familiar with it, it kind of goes like this. Baby Shark, 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 baby shark, grandma shark, grandpa and, and guys, here's what's crazy. Uh, the, the original one is seven years old. It was made in South Korea. The, the young South Korean boy and girl, they're seven years older now. But it's the highest viewed video on YouTube, 13 billion views. And then there's all these other people that have done a great job with the Cocomelon and others. They're doing Baby Shark too. So they want to watch the first one over and over. And then they want to watch all the other ones. And here's what what's the problem is. It's not bad, but it's annoying. <laughs> the next day, we just keep humming Baby Shark, and we can't get it out of our heads, right? And that, so it's not bad, but it's annoying. And, and then finally, halfway through the week, it's gone, and then it comes back again Friday. And, uh, and then there's this Danny Go, they watch The Floor is Lava, and then they like that. So then I'm singing The Floor is Lava. And uh, it's, it's crazy. But we're going to talk about thoughts today, and then we're going to talk about what thoughts create inside of us over and over, hearing the same thing over and over, and we call those strongholds. The Bible calls them strongholds. They're our belief systems, and our belief systems can be good. They can be wrong, and so we're going to talk about because that's where freedom comes. I thought this quote was amazing. The average per, uh, person thinks 70,000 thoughts per day and has 6,200 chain thoughts. And I know what they mean by chain thoughts, but just the word chain made me think. You know, I just, I thought about how our thoughts, the wrong thoughts that become even strongholds, how they can hold us in chains. And Proverbs says in chapter 23, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? So what happens up here is really, really important for our freedom out here in the world that we live in. When you talk about thoughts, they can come from three different places, right? Number one is ours. Our mind is capable. It's not renewed, right? It's, it's not saved, so to speak. It's of this world. Our mind can have thoughts, and some are good, and some are random, and some are nutty, and some are crazy, right? And, and, and then there's God thoughts. God can put thoughts in our head. 
And probably one of the toughest things we deal with is right trying to determine, is that me or is that God? Because they're both good. Which Is it God wanting me to do? And so that's something we grow in and we learn. But then the other source is the enemy, the devil. And of course, he doesn't bother us. Uh, he's way up here. He's running everything in that evil world. And he has colonels and captains and sergeants, and then there's foot soldiers. And those foot soldiers, we all had some assigned to us at birth. They're not allowed to hurt you, but they can put crazy thoughts in your head. And we call those tempting thoughts, different kind of thoughts. And uh, we're going to talk about those today. And then we're going to talk about the programming that you and I went through just growing up in this world. Some of it's great. Some of it's not true, but we think it's true. And we're just going to talk about how God wants to set us free from those things. And I'll never tell you what's, we're, we're not going to get into details. We're just going to deal with concepts, right? So uh, I came up with four categories for thoughts. And here's the first one, uh, tormenting thoughts. And these are thoughts that just nag you and nag you and nag you. They can be like, I'm not enough thought, thoughts, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not skinny enough. I mean, you just name it, I'm not strong enough. And they can just torment you and torment you. So there's all kinds of tormenting thoughts. And then the second one I call lying thoughts. And these are the thoughts like the I can't do it thoughts. Uh, I can't live in this situation anymore, I'm gonna give up. Or I can't step out of the boat and, and do what I really feel I should do. I'm just not able. And Philippians 4.13 tells us, guys, we need to cast those thoughts down because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? And so we, we can do everything, but those thoughts will try to get us down. And then the next type is what I call tempting thoughts. And um, these are the thoughts to do something wrong, to respond the wrong way, to, to sin, and Jesus is the greatest example. When he was 30 years old, ready to go public with his ministry, um, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he had to pass the test that Adam and Eve failed. And what's interesting is those temptations, uh, the devil used scriptures, and he just quoted them wrong. He used half-truths, right? And what's cool is Jesus knew the Bible better than the devil, right? So what did Jesus say? It is written. It is written. And guys, here's the problem you and I can deal with. Sometimes our enemy knows the scriptures better than we do. And so we can't fight off those tempting thoughts. So we want to show you how to change that in your life. And the next one I would call just confusing thoughts. And these are thoughts, guys, that come in the area of us not being sure what direction should I go? Should I marry this person? What school should I go to? Uh, confusing thoughts about our sexuality. And so these are the main categories that the enemy brings at us. And I want to read a scripture to you as we get ready to go forward. And here's the scripture, Galatians 5.1, the first half. We'll read the second half in a moment. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, I want you to notice the last part. Christ has set us free. If you're a Christian, here's what you want to always remember. You have been set free from the power of the enemy. You've been set free from family curses, whatever it is. You have been set free. But why were you set free? For freedom. And freedom is a process. And we're going to deal with it. And it all starts up here. So my big idea comes from this verse. And here it is. God set you free so you can live free. And we're going to talk about the living free today and the battle that goes on up in here. There's a cool section of scripture in the Bible, 
And most of you are aware of it. You're like me. We just want to go to the next level, right? But it's 100% about the battle up here. And we know that when we read all three verses. So you'll see that for sure. You'll have no doubt when we come to verse 5. But we want to start in verse 3. It's 2 Corinthians 10.3. And it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We'll stop right there. How does the world wage war? Well, there's military war, right? So we're familiar with that. Um, and then there's word wars, right? And I, I think it's interesting we're in political season, so it's a great example. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, you know when they're having their debates, one of the candidates will say the craziest bad thing about another candidate that they did years ago or recently. And that other candidate, does, they usually don't even defend themselves. They just say, no, that's not true. And then they say something crazy about the person that says something crazy about them. I call those word wars. And then I get on the internet, I, I can't find out who's telling the truth. You just never know. And so uh, the world fights with those kind of words and goes at it. There's military word, uh, wars, but guys, here's, here's our weapons. Take a look, verse four. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So we're going to talk about two weapons, divine power. They come from heaven. They're the strongest, greatest weapons in the universe, but they're meant to deal mainly up here once we're a Christian. God uses them to bring us into the kingdom, but then it's up here. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about the two weapons. One isn't mentioned here, but it's understood, and you'll see that in just a moment. But I think this verse is just absolutely amazing. They're divine, but then notice, what are they for? To knock down strongholds. Those strongholds are up here. So let me take just a moment just to reemphasize this. You and I have strongholds or belief systems up here, and sometimes we don't even know they're wrong. That's, that's human. That's okay. So since you have been born, the world's been programming you, programming me. Some of it's good stuff. It's great stuff. It's right. It's correct. And then a lot of it's not true. And we're programmed. We're programmed. Then we meet Jesus who set us free. He broke the power, right? But then we don't even know we believe things that aren't true, and the enemy holds us in bondage. And that's what well, we want to talk about, breaking loose of that. And then I love the next verse. Here's where it's all tied together, verse 5. We demolish strongholds in every pretense. Those are different kinds of strongholds, right? It, it goes on. Demolish arguments in every pretense that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And that's the Greek word epinosis. You do not have to remember it. It's talking about divine knowledge, right? And where, where is this knowledge found? In the scriptures. It's in the Bible. And that's your first weapon. The weapon that works with it is the Holy Spirit. He reveals the scriptures to us, right? He gives us the grace of God. He, he opens up our eyes. But that's your number one uh, weapon. And notice this. They set themselves up against God's word. And so here's what you want to know. If you're a young Christian, it's important to know this. True north for a Christian is the truth in the Bible. That's true north. That, that is the standard. And I can't force that on you. You're going to have to come to a place in your life where you accept that that's what it is. And we'll, we'll show you that as we go on today. That's between you and God. But once you do, you'll begin to recognize all the things you believe that you shouldn't believe. And then that's when they get torn down. And I like this one too. Uh, it works on baby shark, which is annoying, but it can work on anything. And take captive every thought to make it obedient. 
to Christ, right? And so that's where we cast them out and we say it is written. And you can do that with any thought, but you have to have knowledge. You have to know what the Bible teaches. So what I'm about to get into, I think is the most important thing any of us can learn. The opposite of what I'm going to teach is me setting up a bunch of rules and telling you you have to follow it, right? And, and all of you, or many of you, have been involved in churches like that. And it just doesn't work, right? The condemnation doesn't work. But I'll tell you what works is to find out what the Bible says. And I never slack on that. I will tell you what the Bible says. But then you're going to have to decide to accept it. And when you do, it will start to change and tear down any false beliefs you have. And I know in my life, I didn't even know I had false beliefs until I got into the Bible. And I thought, oh, that's not, that's not true. And then it was cast down. So I came up with three things, guys. Here's the first one. You must connect to the correct yoke. The Bible talks about two yokes, right? And so uh, listen to the whole scripture I read, Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself. See, you have to control this. I can't control it for you. Be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And so the Bible talks about yokes, and these yokes are so important. There's two yokes. One's the enemy's yoke, the fake or false beliefs, the yoke of slavery. And we'll talk about freeing ourselves from that. But there is such a great example. Uh, take a look at this picture. These are full-grown oxen. Now, in Bible days... The yoke is what connects them. And there's still third world countries that will do this. And then they would stand behind the oxen with a plow or he would, they would pull a buggy. But here's what's really cool. I learned this recently. Um, those yokes are not strong enough to hold full-grown oxen. They could break loose any time, but they don't want to. And I, I'm going to say they're like our false beliefs that we might have, right? So you know what they do to these oxen? Oxen, when they're, when they're calves, they yoke them. They, they put a yoke on them. And do you know that they bucket for weeks and weeks and they hate it, but they're not strong enough to break out of it. And then they become comfortable with it. Then they want it on. Then they love it. It's like their security blanket, so to speak. And then when they get old, they're powerful enough to break loose, but they don't want to. And I really think that's what the enemy's done or does in all of our lives. We have these yokes of wrong belief, and they're just things we believe, guys, that are not true, they're not scriptural, but we believe them, right? And uh, we don't even try to break loose, and the only way we'll, we'll, we will break loose is we, it starts here, hear what the Word of God says, and then you getting into the Word of God, and we'll show you what the good yoke is in a moment, but I thought this was interesting too, very important. If young people connect with the correct yoke at an early age, they'll be free all their days. Not that they're not going to have to deal with things. They live in a world that's crazy, right? But Gina and I understood this when our kids were young. and We understood how to put the right yoke on, right? So we did some things with them. And this is why we did it. We didn't do it out of religious have-tos. We made sure they were in children's church uh, when they were young, because we knew they were going to put the good yoke on them. That's just coming out of the Bible, right? We knew that. And then we also watched who their friends were, because the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers, right? And so we made sure their, their friends 
had parents that thought like us. Their friends were in children's church. And when they got older, students' ministries. And so we made sure they yoked with the right people. When the Bible says don't be unequally yoked to unbelievers, that doesn't mean we don't hang out with unbelievers. Guys, we should have coffee with unbelievers. We can be friends with unbelievers. It's just saying the word yoke means that becomes your best and closest friend. And our best and closest friends, and that's what we try to do for our kids. We didn't want them to not have... Uh, other friends that weren't Christians, but we wanted their closest friends to be believers, and we wanted to get that yoke on them. And it really helped them. You know what? But every kid has to also, they still have to fight the enemy themselves too, right? No matter what we do. But it helped them, and they follow God. And for a pastor's kid to follow God, guys, that's miraculous, let me tell you. Uh, Most of them walk away, and, and our kids walk to it. They loved it. And I think it's because we made sure they were yoked. So their best friends always thought like them. We had them over the house. They went over their house. We understood the principles, right? And we made sure we put the yoke on. So how do you put the yoke on? Matthew eleven twenty eight for us adults, kids. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Here, this is Jesus speaking. Take my yoke upon you. So this is the yoke we want to take and learn from me. We'll show you how to put it on in a moment. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Notice how it's happening up here again. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And guys, we'll talk about this is the right yoke, and obviously it's going to be connected to knowledge, right? And we'll have some fun as we do it. But I want to make another point. I call this a motivational point. It's my second point, and it goes like this. Understand your yoke doesn't affect just you. In other words, if I have wrong beliefs and I live the wrong way, even as a Christian, that will end up impacting my kids and their kids. And you and I need to understand that. And if I hold some secret sins, that that can creep into my kid's life without even knowing, even though it's a secret sin. And I want to say something. Can I emphasize something really strong here? Family curses, guys, you are not, you should not be impacted by them because you have been set free. Jesus set you free and he broke the curse in our life. But if we let our minds not grow and change, some of those things that we learn will still fall into some of those same problems. So we want to make sure we break that. But it's already been broken, but we break it by putting on Jesus' yoke. So there's a study they did. This is a secular study, by the way. And um, they, they, they show it a lot, teach it a lot to psychology students. And it's amazing. It has to do with Max Dukes. We'll show you uh, something in a moment. Max Duke, Dukes was a guy who was uh, an atheist, didn't believe in God, very evil. He married a woman very much like him. And they had a bunch of kids, and their kids had kids. kids. And then Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was a preacher, was a very godly man, involved in politics, did all kinds of cool things, married a godly woman, and they had kids, and their kids had kids. So they both have lintages. And, and, and it's amazing. They did a secular study on this and, and, and how important it is um, that we impact our kids, right? So here's the study. And look, look at your left. This is Jonathan Edwards, and I'll read it. Uh, 13 college presidents came from him, 65 college professors, 75 military officers, 80 public servants, 60 authors, um, 60 doctors, 30 judges, 100 pastors, 100 lawyers, three U.S. senators, and a vice president. By the way, he was born in the early 1700s, so that's how that happened. And then look at Max Jukes. 
Uh, 310 died as paupers, 150 criminals, seven murderers, 100 plus drunks, and 90 prostitutes, or 190 prostitutes. And so thank God we can break all those family curses in Christ. Thank God they were broken, but we can enforce it as we uh, renew our minds. And there's a Bible example of this. We all heard of King David, right? Great king in Israel. David had seven wives and 10 concubines. Then his son Solomon took it up a notch. Uh, He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. A concubine is... you derive the same uh, things you would from a wife, but you're not married to them. These guys were kings and they were trillionaires, right? So they could afford all this. But I think it's interesting. David had seven, Solomon had 700. They say, Jesus lives in our heart, but grandpa can, can walk in our bones, right? And so uh, we want to enforce this. So how, how do we enforce it? Guys, if you accepted Jesus, you're free. The curses are broke from families. But now you've got to do something and get that old yoke off, that old belief, and put on the new one, right? Here's an unknown, unknown quote, but it's powerful. What walks in the fathers runs in the children. So I knew these things, not exactly these quotes and everything, but I knew how I lived my life was really important for concerning my kids. And, you know, maybe some of you didn't know Jesus. Maybe you just didn't do such a great job. Hey, pray for your kids. Jesus can break anything that's in their lives, and they can break the mold. Guys at TCI, they can break the mold. Your kids, your kids' kids. And so thank God. Aren't you glad that Jesus broke the mold and he broke the curse? But we want to do everything we can, right? So here's my next final point. Understand putting on Jesus' yoke is a lifetime process. It it just doesn't happen overnight. We'll talk about putting it on in a moment. But when my kids were young, we had an above ground pool. And I think Joe Jr. was old enough to wear the water. It was, you know, four foot pool, but three and a half foot of water. Came up to about here. Some of the kids were younger, so they were uh, in life jackets or uh, on tubes, you know. And we would do these uh, whirlpools. And I would walk in one direction and Joe would help and, and we'd just keep going and going. And then we'd create this like mini whirlpool and the kids would love it. They're, they're going around pretty quick. And then I'd say, reverse! And then we'd go the opposite way. And guys, it was like, oh, it was hard. But we kept at it and we kept at it. Pretty soon the water settled and then it began to go the other direction. And the kids began to move. And I, I really feel that's what happens to put Jesus' yoke on. It's really hard at first. And it can be really awkward at first, but guys, the whirlpool's going to shift, right? And you're going you're gonna to be so happy that you did. So how do we put it on? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, again, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and here's how you do it. We've already referred to it so many ways. And learn from me. We just find out what true north is. It's the Bible, right? True north, that's the truth. We find out what it says. And it goes on to say, for I am gentle and humble in heart. My yoke is easy and so on. But it's just you and I deciding I'm going to learn what Jesus says. So here's what I like about this. He says, you take my yoke upon you. So I can't put your yoke on. You can't put mine on. And so that's why I preach the style I do. Um, some, some preachers believe a little differently and they're more hellfire and brimstone. And they like to just 
get in your business really hard. And some of you may like that, you know. But uh, I just figure if I can teach you the truth out of the Bible and I can encourage you to put that yoke on, right? You take it. You find out what the Bible says and then let God begin to do a work in you. And it's amazing how God's people become freer and freer as we just learn of him and learn of him and learn of him. It's, it's an amazing thing. So here's one of my favorite scriptures. You ready? Romans 12, 2, and it goes like this. And do not be conformed to this world. That word just simply means to be pressed into the mold. So again, guys, a lot about the world is great. Nothing wrong with it. And then there's a lot that's not right. I'm going to say something to you. You may not agree. If, if you don't pray for me, ask God to open my eyes up. Uh, but uh, here it is. I think the devil's way smarter than I am in any of us. Here's why. I'm not elevating him. But the guy's been around millions of years. He's been in the throne room of God. He watched God's creation. He knows everything about us. So he, he's a strategist and understands how we work and how the world works. So if you were him, I'm not as smart as him, but I would do this as, just with my bond of knowledge. Would you want to control Hollywood and media? Sure you would. Sure you would. Not with annoying things like Baby Shark, but you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> would you want to, and maybe he's in that. I don't know, no. Um, but can we all agree, guys, that, man, that's why he does, right? And there are so many things that are good, and our filters are, are, are made to, to, to say, no, not that. So I'm not telling you, but I'm just telling you, we have been programmed. Would, would you want to control a lot of college professors' attitudes, right? You, you want to control all that. The guy's smart. And so we have been pushed and conformed. And when we accept Christ, we don't automatically see it. So then we put that yoke on and God begins to show us, hey, these people might be innocent, but that's not true, man. Don't believe that. That's a stronghold. Cast it down. And that's what we do. He goes on to say, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's renovation. So how do we renovate it? Put that yoke on, learn, learn, learn. And then we start tearing those strongholds down. I like the word transformed. Most of you know this. Greek word metamorphi. Uh, we derive our English word metamorphosis from it. And when I think of metamorphosis, my favorite example is caterpillar to butterfly. And forgive me if I offend any of you. I do not find caterpillars attractive, okay? I'm sorry, I don't. To me, they're like creepy, you know? All, they creep on the ground, uh, all those legs, and they're not even good looking, right? So it's like... <laughs> Ew. And uh, I don't like them. You might like them. You might put them on my finger. I don't want them on my finger. But then they go and build this cocoon. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. They're in there for a season. They break loose. And what comes out? A butterfly. And just think about it. A butterfly looks nothing like a caterpillar, right? Real slender body, a couple legs, right? Cool antennas, but then wings, big old wings. Caterpillars can't fly. They creep and crawl on the ground. Guys, butterflies can fly. They're free. And then those wings are colorful, colorful and they are beautiful, right? That's all through metamorphosis. Does the end product look anything like the beginning product? And God's saying, that's what I want to do in your life. I want to soar you to new heights. I want to change you. I want to bring freedom to you. And that freedom begins by saying, I know this world's programmed me, and a lot of it's okay. Some of it's not true. It's not biblical. So I'm going to find out what God says. And as I do, that knowledge will cut 
just knock down all the strongholds. And then what happens on the outside? We begin to fly, baby, fly. And we begin to become free and more free and more free. And it's amazing. This is the simple process, guys, of deeper freedom. We say, you know what? You're living in my mind rent-free. You're out. I'm evicting you. And I'm going to live a life that's just totally set free. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. Can we just say thank you, Jesus, that you broke the curse and we're able to do that? Woo! So now the work begins, right? Hey, I'm going to close and pray in a moment. I didn't even touch the latter part of this verse, but it's just saying that we'll go in stages and we'll progress uh, to total freedom, right? But um, uh, just a reminder, you heard about it. Our deeper retreat's coming up in, in two weeks. I am so excited about it. And what I'm excited about it, we're going to take what we did here. We're going to be able to go longer worship and just allow the Holy Spirit to move in just amazing ways. It's open to everybody in the church. All three campuses are coming together here. I am so excited about it. You can invite friends if you want. We have a prophet that's coming. I'm excited about him and his ministry. Another minister, uh, David Fleming, who has uh, it's a life-changing message. It's just amazing. He'll be ministering to us too. We have a panel. It's going to be on mental freedom. We have a, a clinical psychologist in our church. Her and Gina are going to do the panel. So if you want to go to that, you can go to that. We'll have other panels. You can decide what panel uh, you want to go to. I think they have one where it's ask uh, us pastors any question you want. So take it easy on me, right? But that's going to be fun. So guys, let's go ahead and pray right now. And, and, and if you can make that deeper retreat, I encourage you to sign up. Uh, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, we thank you that it's for freedom Christ set us free. And Lord, we're all at different stages. We thank you that your burden's light, easy. We thank you that you're not condemning us. But Lord, we thank you for this powerful weapon called the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that makes it come alive and opens our eyes and hearts up to it. And so, Lord, with heads bowed, eyes closed, we're just saying, uh, for those of us in the process, we're going to take it to the next level. For those of us that were in the process, kind of got out, we're, we're going to get back in. And then for all the new people, this is a smiley day for you. Oh, my goodness, I can get in there and get free. Yeah, you're going to encourage you to do that. And so, Father, we just ask for grace as we continue on in this walk. And we thank you that you set us free for freedom. We thank you that we're free. We thank you that every family curse is broken. We thank you that we don't have to say I can about anything. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We thank you for the journey we're on and where we're headed. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And before we go any further uh, and close the service, maybe you're here and you're not sure of your eternity. We had the Lord's Supper, talked about the simple gospel and a song. Jesus died, God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says whoever calls on his name, They'll be saved. And that's salvation, guys. Um, it's, it's where the freedom comes. It's God becomes our father and uh, heaven becomes our future home. And if you're listening right now, listen, I don't know what your journey's been. Maybe you didn't even believe God existed. Maybe you came here not sure. Maybe you grew up in religion, a Christian religion, but you just never made that personal commitment. Wherever you're at, it's up to you. But I believe God's dealing with some hearts. You say, I'm ready to accept Jesus. Let this be your day. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that he's Lord, he'll save you. So if you're listening, you say that to you. Would you pray with us right now? The rest of us, can we help them pray? And, and just say this after me. Uh, Lord God, I realize 
I was born sin-stained, and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins, and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God who always existed, came into a human body, died for our sins, and that God raised you up out of the grave. This day, I declare, I believe that. I accept you as Savior, and I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.